Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. that I call the fourth dimension of revelation. Now, I am, I'm not trying to be deep here. I'm really not. It's a very simple concept. It's a very simple idea. But at the same time, I want to, I want to enunciate some things that I feel that has come into my soul. And I'm going to give them to you just like they came into me. I'm going I'm to put them out. It may, it may sound like hieroglyphics to you. It may sound like that, that I'm writing like John wrote on the Isle of Patmos. I'm just, as I see it, as I feel it, I speak it. But at the same time, I want to get a concept out to you here today that I feel that God has put in my heart. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 20 in the New King James says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him... Who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Amen. Everybody say the width, the length, the depth, and the height. John 9, 31, the King James says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners. This was a, uh, a petition from a man that had just been healed. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, Everybody say, him he hears. God hears worship. Amen. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I think it's important to know that the Old Testament ends with the word curse unless a particular spirit comes baptizes the people that that whole Old Testament ends with the word curse it doesn't have to it wants to be a blessed time so today we're going to talk about the blessing of God we're going to talk about the fourth revelation or the fourth dimension of revelation here today turn to your neighbor and say Pastor Johnson preach the word to me let it affect my heart let it change my heart preach the word to me let it affect my mind. Let it change my mind. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. In the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. God bless. Tell your neighbor you're blessed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. So Malachi said it very simply. He said that God would send Elijah or the spirit of Elijah. Why Elijah? I want to talk about that. There's a reason it was Elijah. Also imagine that the entire Old Testament ends with the word curse unless this spirit comes. Malachi said this generation would be smitten with a curse because the children are not being mentored by the fathers and the fathers are not mentoring their children. And so he said he would send the spirit of Elijah. Why Elijah? 
because Elijah was the only prophet in the Old Testament, the only one who ever mentored another prophet. None of the others had a mentoring program. So God said, I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah because Elijah mentored Elisha. And in the mentoring process, Elisha asked for and received, hallelujah, a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Because through a mentoring process, he became mature enough to handle a double portion anointing. He also desired more of God. So he said, I'm going to send a spirit of Elijah. And if that doesn't happen, the world will be smitten with a curse, the curse of immaturity. The world will never grow to the level that God intended. In fact, Malachi said it very succinctly. It's time for us to grow up and start becoming mature in Almighty God. Can you say amen to that? And so I preach today, I talk to dads today, and I talk to moms today, I talk to the older people today. We need to let our kids know how great God is in our life. We need to let our kids know how wonderful God has been in our life. When those kids came to the Jordan River years ago and they said, what means these stones? They would say to those children, our forefathers came across this place right here on dry ground and these stones came out of the bottom of the river we need to have a story of deliverance for our kids we need to have a story of faith for our kids we need to have a story of help for our kids we need to let our kids know that there is a God in heaven in my life that's so awesome and so great he can be your God too honey he can be your God And I think that it means very much for us to not just allow our kids to just grope and try to find their own way. I think we need to mentor our children. We need to teach them what it is to pray. We need to teach them what it is to lift their hands and worship God. We need to teach them what it is to be faithful to the house of God. Can you say amen to that? We need mentoring programs in our life. So I want to go over to the book of Genesis today, and I just want to kind of take you through Genesis, maybe verse by verse, just a little bit, just go down through here. The Bible speaks in the book of Genesis chapter 26. It speaks of Isaac, the man Isaac, who was the son of Abraham, sowing in the land of Gerar. He sowed there. And the Bible said in that same year, he received a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and he went forward and grew until he became very great. Now, it's amazing to understand that a lot of chapters are given to Abraham and a whole lot of chapters are given to Jacob, but not a lot is given to the man Isaac. He was the man in the middle, but he became very great and he waxed great and he went forward and he grew and the Philistines envied him and the wells of his father they covered up because they envied Isaac. Here's what I want to tell you. There is one reason, folks, why Isaac became great. But why he went forward, why he believed God and why he trusted in God is because he had a mentor in his life named Abraham. We, we look at our kids sometime and we say, you know, I just hope my kid grows up and, and does good in life. Why don't you get involved, mom and dad? Why don't you get involved in their life and make sure that your kids go forward in the kingdom of God? 
We have got to do everything we can in this hour to make sure our children get a contact with Almighty God and have a relationship with Jesus Christ in this hour. Clap your hands and say amen to that. So, so the Bible said that Abraham dug wells. He dug seven of them, built seven altars. And then when he died, the Philistines filled those wells up. And so here comes Isaac. And Isaac comes along and he digs again the wells of his father Abraham. And he, he, he dug a well in Esek and, and the Bible said that the enemy strove with him there. And there was contention there. And so he went down and dug another well of his father that his dad had already dug in Sitna. And there was contention there. And then he moved from there and he dug another well and there was no strife there. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. Now, here's what I want to tell you. As long as he was digging in what his dad did and what his dad was, he was always in contention. But when he stepped out after mentoring, being mentored by his father, when he stepped out and said, if my dad can dig wells, I can do more than just dig his wells again. I can dig my own well. Amen. And when he dug his own well and he called it Rehoboth, the Bible said there was no more strife. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Your children need more than just what you can give them. They need a relationship with the Lord in their own life. And they need to understand that if dad can be blessed, I can have the same relationship with God and I can be blessed and have my own well springing up into everlasting life. Can you say amen to that? And so Isaac did that. He did that. He dug wells and he was blessed of God. And the Bible said, the Bible said that he also planted seed in the dead ground. And in that planting of that seed, we read that he reaped in that year a hundredfold. Now, I wonder how he, I wonder how he learned to believe that if he planted seed in the dead ground that it would reap that kind of harvest because he was the father of, he was the son of the father of faith all Abraham lived on was faith Abraham was locked up in the earth of the Chaldees and one day he began to worship God and call on God and God said I'm going to bring you out of there you've recognized that there's something called deity in your life and I'm going to bring you out and he brought him out of the earth of the Chaldees and he looked for a city that had foundation whose builder and maker was God and Abraham came out and he, and he went not knowing where he was going, but he just knew he was following after God. And it was an awesome thing. And Isaac knew that his dad had a walk of faith with God. And so he said, you know what? My dad was 100 years old when I came into this world. My mom was 90 years old when I came into this world, and she was dead. Her womb was dead. She couldn't have children. My dad was past the childbearing and, and being able to give seed to my wife, to, to my mother for, for that. And he said, I know my dad was dead. My mom's womb was dead, but here I am. And because he understood that he was there by faith, and he was there on purpose by faith, he could plant seed in a dead ground and realize that that year he could reap a hundredfold. Isn't it amazing what faith will do to you when you turn faith on in your life? Come on now. I'm talking to you right now. I'm here to tell everybody in this house, there's nothing that God can't do for everybody. There's nothing that God can't do for anybody. God wants to bless everyone in this house this year. Amen? Say amen to that. That's good stuff. Now, here comes Jacob. Jacob's the son of Isaac, who's the son of Abraham. Wow. And Jacob's got this, he's got this lineage, this faith lineage. He's got it. 
So he goes down to Laban's house and he, he kisses a girl at a, at a well one day and he said, I'll work seven years. It seemed like a couple of weeks to him. And when uh, the wedding came, he got the wrong girl. So he said, I'll work some more. So he worked seven more. You worked 14 years to get Rachel. And uh, Laban, Laban didn't like it because that old boy, had a, he had a will in him. And, and uh, he knew that Jacob had just as much in him as Laban had in him. And so Laban said, I think we need to go our separate ways. And so they decided to do that. And so Jacob looked, went to him and said, well, how much livestock can I have? He said, well, I'll tell you what you can have, Jacob. Ever, ever cow that you see that's ring-straked or has a spot on it or has a stripe on it, you can have that. Well, there wasn't one in the whole pasture. There wasn't nothing out there in the pasture that had that. So Jacob did something very, very neat. He went and got him some sticks and peeled them back and found there's some ring strakes in those sticks and there's some circles in those sticks, some spots, and he held, he held those sticks up in front of those cows and those bulls when they came to feed and water. And they started producing cows that had spots and cows that had ring strakes. And all of a sudden, the herd became more ring strength and more spotted than it became solid. And Laban thought, you might ought to get on out of here. And so Jacob took his part and went on because he understood, because his daddy understood, because his daddy was the father of, oh, hallelujah. His daddy was the father of faith that my God can do anything. I can hold a stick up. God said, I'm going to change the genetics of those cows by an old stupid walking stick. I'm going to fix it for you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. These men all had faith in God. And yet, and yet, they never knew the dimension of faith that we know today. Can I preach to you? Can I go ahead and preach to you? I'm going to preach whether you like. I'm going to preach to you. They only saw the one coming in the future. We can look back and see that he has come in our life. They just saw the cross in the future. We see the cross in our background. We understand that there was a dimension that came into this world that Abraham never witnessed, that Isaac never witnessed, that Jacob never walked with in his day. They just saw him going to be fulfilled. We stand here today as people of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have identified with the Son of God that didn't just come to this earth. He came as us to this earth. And He walked among us. And He died on a cross. And He was buried in a grave. But on the third morning, He came out of that grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And He had the keys, He told John, of death and of hell. And we are here worshiping Him today because Jesus became the dimension that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob never got to witness. Are you with me? It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to understand that we know a Savior. So in the Old Testament, it was height. How high is the Holy of Holies? Well, it's 15 cubits. How wide? Well, it's 15 cubits. How long? Well, it's 15 cubits. How about Solomon's temple? Well, it's 20 cubits high and it's 30 cubits long and it's 20 cubits wide. How high is Zerubbabel's? Well, it's 30 by 60 by 60. And every time we see the cubits and we see the things growing, we always hear height and we hear width and we hear length, but we never hear depth. Yeah. 
We never hear depth. And Paul said, Paul said in his writing to the Ephesians, and I want to go back and grab it to you now and read it to you one more time. He said that you may be rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, there it is, what is the length, there it is, what is the height, there it is, but there's one more, there's a fourth dimension, and what is the depth of the love of God. We are the only people, the people of the cross are the only people that really understand the depth of the love of Almighty God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Are you with me right now? I'm telling you, there is a fourth dimension, the depth of Almighty God to send the Savior to us. Wow. Wow. That is a blessing beyond measure. It's awesome to understand the depth of his love. How many of you really, really know that Jesus really, really died on a cross for you? Do you realize how deep he went and how far he went to call you his today? Do you realize that he was placed in a borrowed tomb? Do you realize while in that tomb on the second day, he went into the bowels of the earth and into hell, and he took the keys. He didn't have to wrestle. He just took them, the keys of death and of hell from the enemy. And he came out and led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And he came out rejoicing, and he came out and Graves burst open after he came out. And they began to walk through the streets of the city proclaiming that he was Lord and he was God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the glory of that? The depth that he went. He came all the way from glory. He came to this earth. And then he went into this earth and took the keys out of the devil's hand and came back. And then he ascended. And then he sent a comforter called the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you listen to me right now. There is a depth to the love of God that people back yonder didn't get to experience that we're getting to enjoy today. It's the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ. Say amen to that. Nothing like it. And so last week we talked about finishing and we talked about what praise was and what praise is not. Praise is an applause. Praise is really an applause for something that has been done. Praise is a response. It's a reactive response to a proactive deed that Almighty God does in our life. But worship is not that. Worship is not that. Worship is more than that. Worship is identifying who the healer is. Identifying where salvation comes from. It's identity. And when you get to heaven, praise is really kind of pushed aside. Up there it's all about worship because everybody that's there is going to know who he is. Oh, somebody say amen to that right now. But here's a, here's a beautiful story in the Word of God. Now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just shooting here a little bit, but stay with me. Here's a beautiful story in the Word of God. A, a blind man was born blind, and Jesus came by him one day. And he asked for a little help. And the disciples said, Lord, who, who sinned that this man should be born blind, him or his parents? And he said, neither, neither one of them sinned, but that the glory of God could be revealed. Let me tell you something, folks. Just because you go through trouble sometimes doesn't mean that you've sinned. It doesn't mean that your parents have sinned. 
Sometimes God just wants to get glory and show glory. He wants to show off that he still can deliver. <laughs> he wants to show off that he still can set people free. He wants to show off that he can still take drugs out of somebody's body and put spirit in that body. He wants to show off that alcohol don't have to control you the rest of your life, that you can be set free by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that an awesome thing? Neither. And so the Bible said he made him some spit and put it on the ground, made some mud balls and put those mud balls in his eyes, and he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And that man went down there and washed, and he, he was healed. And he came back, and he couldn't find anybody to celebrate with him. <laughs> Everybody was ducking him. The Pharisees said, well, he probably wasn't ever really blind, and he did on the Sabbath anyhow. And the, the Jews said, well, you know, we know, we know who he is, but we'll have to, you have to ask his parents because we, you know, we, we really don't accept that. And his parents said, well, really, you know, we don't want to get in trouble with the Jews and the, we don't get in trouble with the, with the Pharisees. And so why don't you just ask him? He's of age. And nobody would celebrate with him. And finally he came to Jesus and Jesus celebrated with him. And they asked him, what happened? He said, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he is. I don't know who this man is really. But I know one thing. I was blind And he put mud in my eyes and he told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And here I am cleansed. And I'm healed. And then he made this famous statement. He said, and I know that God doesn't hear sinners. But he said, but if any man be a worshiper. Get this now. If any man. Say, if any man. He didn't say Christian people. If any man. If any man. Be a worshiper. Him God heareth. Him God heareth. Can you imagine that? That people who don't even know what they're worshiping can start worshiping and God hears that worship outside of a congregation. Can you imagine that people that sit in the church sometime don't worship him like they ought to worship him, but people outside do and God saves them in deserts and God saves them in, in haunt houses and God saves them in flop houses and God saves them in drug houses. Can you imagine God? Because any man that worships God, God's going to hear that worship. Oh, you got to get that. you got to put that in your heart. If any man be a worshiper, him God hears. Now let me preach to you a little bit. Let me preach to you a little bit. So, Jesus Christ comes into this world. He comes into his ministry at the age of 30 after John baptized him in the Jordan. Spends 40 days in the wilderness. battling the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he comes out in the power of the Spirit. And he reads and he says, this day the anointing is upon me. And he goes through a litany of things to preach the gospel, to cast out the devils and to open the blind eyes and to preach liberty to those that are bound. He goes through a whole litany. Then he shuts the book and gives it to the preacher. And he says, that's what you do. You preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You preach me in the glory of the Lord. And so he starts this ministry. And his mama gets him to heal. I mean, gets him to turn some water into wine at a, at a wedding. That wasn't really what he wanted to start with. He said, uh, it's not my time yet. Nicodemus asked him in, a, in an alley. Many people think that was his uncle. Think that was, that was his un own uncle. And uh, he said, surely you're a teacher from, from God. And he said, 
except you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. He said, well, can a man go into his mother's room after he's old and be born again? He said, no, I'm talking about something else, except you're born again of the water and of spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but what's born of spirit is spirit. And so two and three is just kind of, he's kind of helping his mama out and helping his uncle. But in John 4, oh, you got to get this now. In John 4, he says, I've got a need. I have this need. I've got to go to Samaria. Why? I've asked myself that why, why, why. Why does he have to go to Samaria? Why Samaria? Why do you have to go to the northern place? Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom, and Jerusalem was the capital of the southern kingdom. But you know that the northern kingdom was captured by the Assyrians first, and the Assyrians brought all kinds of women in, and those northern men married those girls, and they became crossbreeds, and they became Samaritans, and the Samaritans lived there, and nobody wanted the Samaritans. Nobody wanted to be around the Samaritans. Nobody wanted to have the Samaritans in their life. They did not believe that they were worth anything. But there's one problem. Jesus went to Sychar and he sat on a well called Jacob's well. Now Genesis, oh, you got to get this. Genesis never gives Jacob credit for even digging a well. And I think the reason is why is because that Jacob didn't dig in the old landmarks. He dug somewhere where he thought might help somebody because he understood what it was to be a renegade and then be changed by the power of God and turned overnight from Jacob to Israel and as a prince have power with God. Are you following me right now? And he said, I don't want to just dig in a place where everybody won't appreciate it. I want to put a well somewhere where people can come and they can appreciate the fact that somebody loved them enough to dig a well here and to supply their need for as long as the well existed well I'm getting it and so he dug a well never got credit for it in Genesis but he dug a well and Jesus goes to Sychar and he sets on Jacob's well and here's the reason he went folks I got it because if any man be a worshiper, him God heareth. And there was a Samaritan woman that was married five times, living with her sixth husband. But Jesus heard some worship coming out of her mouth. And he said, I can't stay in a country that doesn't appreciate who I am when there's somebody up there that's worshiping even though she don't know what she's worshiping. She's worshiping. I'm drawn to worshipers. Can I tell you something? It's time this Thanksgiving to get past praise and say, God, do something else for me so I can clap for you. It's time for this church to move into the fourth dimension. We need to go into worship, the depth of worship, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is and because of where we're going and because he came and died for me. Somebody needs to get up in the morning and say, I will bless the Lord today. I will bless the Lord today. He is my God. Oh, I could preach right now. But I won't. I'm going to be Methodist today. But I could preach right now. 
I could throw down right now. I could preach because I'm telling you, God wants to hear some people that may have lost everything this year, that may be at their last, last gulch effort, and they may, can't do anything but reach up and touch bottom. But he loves people that will worship him because if any man worships him, him, God, heareth. Fast forward, let me jump to another story. Jesus one day went across the border into Tyre and Sidon to touch a Gentile woman, a Seraphonician woman whose daughter was vexed with the devil. You know why? She was a worshiper. You with me? You getting it now? She was a worshiper. The disciples said, send her away. Jesus tried his best. He said, it's not me to give the children's bread to dogs. She said, truth, Lord, but the dogs do eat the crumbs. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. She had no clue who he really was, but she worshipped him. It does not matter where you are today. If you will be a worshiper, God will hear you wherever you are and come to where you are. Because worship draws him near. Praise is the producer. Praise Judah produced him. But worship draws him. Worship draws him. Because he's not your butler then. He's not trying to command himself to you. He's just your God. And you just love him. And he'll come to where you are when you worship him. Come on. In spirit and in truth. Let me hurry. Boy, I could preach a while today. Then there's one other man. I thought I'd just share him with you too. There's one other man. His name was Jairus. And he comes to Jesus one day, and he's a ruler of the synagogue, which means he was not messianic. The synagogues were not messianic. They were still Moses-laden. They were still under the law. And he did not see Jesus as Messiah, but he came to him one day realizing he was a miracle worker. And it doesn't matter if he didn't identify him or not. The Bible said he worshipped him and said, I have a daughter that has passed away at home. Would you please come and heal her? And Jesus said, I will. And he worshipped him and Jesus followed him home and brought that daughter back to life. Brought her back to life. Can I tell you, folks, that Jesus loves worship. A man in a, a, man in a cemetery that had 2,000 devils in him. When Jesus lands on the shore of Gadara, comes running. Chains couldn't hold him. Demons couldn't hold him. He came and fell down and worshipped him. And Jesus set him free. There's characters after characters in the Bible. The litany just rolls on and on. Because if any man be a worshiper... Be a worshiper. Him God heareth. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't matter if you've had a good year or a bad year. An up year or a down year. A blessed year or what you call a cursed year. It does not matter. What does matter is that God needs to be worshipped today. What does matter is that he needs to be worshipped today. Do you want him in your house? Do you want him in your business? Do you want him in your job? Do you want him in your life? Why don't you lift your hands all over the house? And just tell him how much you love him today. Not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. 
Worship him, worship him, worship him. There's a depth that only he can bring to your life. Your life. Please be seated. So Jesus, wow, wow. Story just keep popping to me, just keep popping to me. Just keep coming up in my mind of people that didn't even know about him, didn't know who he was. You know why the Samaritan came back and worshiped him, the leper? Because he had no place else to go. He couldn't show himself to the priest. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't welcome. But he was welcome at the feet of Jesus. And he could say thank you. And he worshiped him. And the Lord said, you're made whole. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It doesn't matter what they say about you. I'm telling you, there's one called Jesus that deserves our worship today. That deserves our magnification today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. My, my, my. My, 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 my. So Jesus said, I've got to go. So the first dimension of revelation is Abraham. Ever say Abraham, Doug Wells. That's the first dimension. He mentored a son named Isaac, Isaac Doug Wells. Dug his own well. That's the second dimension. The third dimension was that Jacob, even though he never got credit for it, dug a well in Sychar. And Jesus went to that well and sat down at high noon on the well of Jacob, the third dimension. And he waited. He waited on a woman to come to that well. Because he knew what she was already. He knew she was a worshiper. And he knew if she ever got it figured out, she would worship him. Not the gods of the mountain. Not the gods out there that her forefather worshipped. But she knew she would worship him. And so he sits on the well of Jacob at high noon. And waits on a woman who's a worshiper. Maybe that's what he's doing today, huh? Maybe he's sitting on a well called the church. And he's waiting on some people to magnify him. Because he knows that you have worship in you. He knows that. But he just wants to see it come out of you. And she walks up to that well. And what she didn't realize was that he was sitting on the third dimension. But it was a well sitting on a well. God, that excites me. And Abraham's couldn't do it. And Isaac's couldn't do it. And Jacob's couldn't do it because she'd been drawing water there for years. But the one sitting on the well... Told her everything that had ever been in her life. And he said, I'll give you water to drink that you'll never thirst again. Aren't you glad you found that? Come on now. Aren't you glad you found that? Come on. It's Thanksgiving. Aren't you glad you found that? Aren't you glad you found that? Come on. Aren't you glad you found it? Aren't you glad you found it? Aren't you glad you found it? He was the fourth dimension of revelation. 
He was the well sitting on a well. And I promise you, his water will never run out. He'll never run out of water. He will bless you and thrill you and touch you for the rest of your days. That's the kind of Savior he is. Come on, worship him right now. Worship him right now. Worship him right now. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I close. Somebody come and help me. I'm just as ready for Thanksgiving as you are. I just had to work today twice. Let me tell you something. My dad was a worshiper. My dad was a worshiper. And my dad put something in me that I can never get away from. And that's worshiping the Lord. See, I don't want... I don't want to curse in my life. I want to be blessed. And he's sitting on a well in your life. This church is a well. This church is a well to people that a lot of churches are not a well to. Because we still believe that Jesus can save and heal and deliver. We still believe the word of God is alive and well today. Can you say amen to that? Amen, amen, amen. I used to watch my daddy worship. And my daddy... You know, I was raised, I was raised, folks, I'm sorry, I got to tell you this. I was raised in a, in a church where you had to dodge high heels. When, when I was under the pew as a little boy, women would just, they'd dance all over the place, and, and those spikes would hit you in the temple. You're just dead. You're just as good, just as dead as, as jail ever was. And, and I heard travails, and I heard weepings, and I heard awesome praise worship but my dad was a quiet worshiper but I knew when dad got it got under it I knew it his fist would get clenched and he'd and when he really got under it that right leg would come up mentor I called my old pastor today he's 84 years old and I wished him happy Thanksgiving and I can't understand him and it it bugs me because I can't understand him but one thing I did hear him say today and I caught it he had to say it three times but I caught it he said you better preach good today boy you better preach good today boy I thank God for a pastor that wants me to preach good and I thank God for a daddy that taught me how to worship and I'm standing here today saying, thank you, Papa Kay. Thank you, Daddy Wendell. Thank you for giving me two elements in my life that I couldn't live without. But I found my own worship. I found my own ministry. And God has anointed me. And God has set me free. And God has given me an open door. And God has laid his hand on CLC. Oh, somebody stand to your feet and clap your hands. Come on. Let's worship him right now. Let's worship Him right now. Come on, let's worship Him. 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 Wow. I don't know why I'm getting so 
overwrought with this thing called worship, but it's just driving me because I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. I want to worship him because I know him. I have a knowledge of him. Now, I want you to do something for me while you're standing. I want you to raise your hands like this right here. We're fixing to take our, our offering for the parking lot, and you're going to give in just a moment, so don't leave. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read a blessing to you today. I said today would be the blessing day. And I'm going to read a blessing to you today. And uh, the Lord's going to help us. Amen. It says this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. Say amen. And all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Say amen. amen. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your room will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Say amen. And your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. Say amen. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Say amen. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven directions. Say amen. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Amen. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Amen. In the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, say amen. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands, amen. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none, amen. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I love Brother Shambach used to say that if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Say amen. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left. And don't follow other gods and serve them. And then Deuteronomy 30 and 19, your hands up. So this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessings and cursing. Now choose life. Everybody say, I choose life, Pastor. So that you and your children may live. Say amen. While your hands are up, close your eyes, dear Father. I pray a blessing on Christian Life Church today. I told them I would bless them today. And my heart is overwhelmed with love for this church today. And I thank you, Lord, because you've given me a pastor's heart. You've given me a shepherd's heart for this congregation, and I thank you for that, Lord, and I, I admire you for that. And, Lord, I love them. Lord, you see this section over here and this section and this section and this section and this one and that one, and you see all the sections in the balcony, all five plus those that are sitting behind the regular sections. God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless this congregation in the name of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that abundance will flow in their hearts and lives. I pray, Lord, that they'll have spirits that are overcome by only you and not anything else. I pray, Lord, that they will be lifted and that they will be gifted people and that you'll take them to levels that they never knew in their life. 
Lord, we call this year the year of promotion. We call 13 the year of promotion. And so many people have been promoted. They have been promoted in life, promoted in their jobs, promoted in their families. Their families have grown larger, and we give you praise and glory for that. But now, Lord, we thank you at the end of the year. Here we are at Thanksgiving time saying thanks, Lord, thanks today for doing all that stuff. And we receive that blessing. We receive it in the name of the Lord. We open up our hearts and receive what you have for us. Now bless us this holiday season and bring us back next week in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Everybody say amen. Clap your hands as big as you've ever clapped them this whole year for the Lord right now. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.